Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight. I am Jeremy Lambert, I think. With me as always, Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Uh, weather's pretty good. We've been a pretty good week. A lot of stuff to talk about in wrestling. And I know you were at AEW Dynamite last night, and I assume that's what has, you know this has to do, which I'm very, I'm very happy to see Sting represented right here on the spotlight. Sting did the Sting reveal on Dynamite last night, and... I got a lot of messages about this. I saw Sean tweeted, like, I've never been so happy for anyone at a wrestling event than Jeremy getting to see the the Sting reveal in person. That happened across the section from me. We were on the, the hard cam side, um, and that happened on the other side. The balcony dive that, that Sting did, literally right in front of us. If everyone uh, goes to the EP's timeline, or you can just go to my timeline. I retweeted it, but, like, right in front of us the sting balcony dive which was was great we saw like the security like clearing out when they're coming up they're like oh fuck like he's gonna come up here this is great and then sting the madman bless him just did the big balcony dive yeah i mean i i pop massively from my couch to my living room so um every time he does that you know just like you, know, you see it coming at sometimes too because like at first i thought he was gonna pop out of the casket because like when they tried to open it it was like you know, and they explained that later with the thumbtacks underneath the. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's how they explained it on commentary. It was probably hard to know with being yeah. live. But yeah. uh, when when the when uh, I can't remember who it was that tried to lift the casket, it might have been. It was Andrade. When oh, it was Andrade, okay. Yeah, Andrade tried um, to lift it. Yeah, and then he, he like pinched his finger, and I thought somebody was in the casket. I thought it was going to be Sting as well, but it, it was not. Obviously, we couldn't hear the commentary, so it was not explained that there was a thumbtack. I'm sure if I looked closely, I would have seen it, but. I did not see it uh, from our vantage point, or I look at the big screen to see it. So that makes sense. Yeah. So so then when they uh, when they showed you know some random guy in a sting mask getting kind of close to the action in the crowd, wearing you know all like a bunch of sweats or whatever, I was like, okay, that's thing right there. And then like like you know he does the thing and he pulls the thing off, but the real reveal was he was wearing a backwards hat. I didn't see that coming. He was. So, that was great. 
That was, that was great that he had the backwards cap on. All right, I'm going to take this off. But guys, I'm not. I'm going to pre-warn it. There's no face paint on underneath no. this, all right? So nobody get super excited. It is just me, all right? There you go. Dude, we should have put – we should have had a Stardust mask under your Sting mask, and then, like, that was – I didn't have another – I didn't have another Sting This is, like, hard plastic, too. Like, these things That's are – That's a nice like, mask. Yeah, these are these are very legit masks. Uh, is that like a I, WCW mask? Like, I yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I I got it off eBay. Um, I, I got it off eBay when I when I planned to do that bit for the Halloween show the other year. I was like, oh okay, like I got to get a mask, so I just ordered the mask off of eBay. Um, yeah, it was like that 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 bit pretty much uh, defines my career at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, that was I legitimately like. That like yeah, that was one of the best moments in Pipel history. In my opinion, was <laughs> was was when you did that reveal and your face was painted like staying like yeah, that was because Sean was uh, was Sean had like a Ray Mysterio mask, Bubba Ray Mysterio. That, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, we could do Sting and Cody. That's the closest we're ever gonna get to Sting and Cody. Is is me as Sting and you as Stardust because you know they they were they interacted in like Sting's second show. They interacted, and then they just never really got back around around to doing that. Unfortunately, one of the biggest what ifs in AEW history for me is is like because there's so much they could have done there with Cody and Sting, and so much left on the table when Cody left. But that's not like, we don't need to get into all of that. I'm I'm very disappointed as a as a obviously a very big Cody Rhodes fan and a very big Sting fan. I really wanted to see that match. Maybe we'll still get it, you know, at some point. I mean, Sting. Sting is a lot. I mean, he's out there doing more than anyone ever expected him to be doing at this age. So he's a madman, Sting, an absolute madman. <laughs> yeah, it's funny seeing people like comparing him to New Jack now. It's like just so funny to me. Like you're like, man, he's doing the New Jack spots off the balconies, and it's like he kind of. I mean, like it, he's doing it in a safer way than New Jack did. But like, yeah, just the fact that like the, that comparison is coming up in 2022 is just like unreal to me. Bless him. He's getting the run and the ending that he absolutely deserves after the way everything happened in WWE. So it was great to see him last night. I was, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll have our AEW spotlights, but I was at Dynamite last night, uh, the Dynamite and Rampage tapings. I, I don't know how it came across on television um, in the arena. It was a, a very fun show. Uh, a lot to, lot to happen on the show about punk and, and Dustin was, was excellent. Uh, Dustin is just, he's so good. Even at his age, like he, the, the selling of the leg and everything, he's just, he's a great professional wrestler and CM Punk continues to just have this Renaissance in his, uh, second run here. And, um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think as far as like the, the live experience goes, we, I noticed, Oh wait, that that's a, a rampage spoiler. I'm sorry. I don't want to spoil i got a question for you how, yeah. how did uh how did kyle o'reilly and jungle boy come across live because i like that match a lot and i love seeing kyle win that one it was good it, it was good i don't think the crowd was like super into it um so i don't know how it came across on television but even in the arena like the crowd wasn't like super super hot for it and i can kind of understand why um like o'reilly as a singles guy hasn't been like i think way back when I said him, he should have been like the face of NXT when it seemed like they were going to put the title on him. And then they just didn't. And I don't understand why they didn't. And then jungle boy, uh, he's very over. His entrance is very over, 
But as a singles wrestler, I don't think he's built up quite the cachet with the with the fans yet. And there's just this is a problem with a lot of AEW shows is that there's just so much happening that a lot of stuff uh a lot of stuff just doesn't feel as big as maybe it should or that the promotion like hopes that it does um like there were certain people that like got no reaction that probably they were hoping were going to get a a bigger reaction based on their positioning on the card yeah that makes sense and also i think the crowd seemed a little surprised that o'reilly beat jungle boy just because o'reilly had that was his first singles match in the company and like um now once again as a big kyle o'reilly fan like i i wanted to see I, I prefer to see him as a singles guy at this point more often. Like, you know, I, I loved his run in ring of honor and, you know, him and I, I've always thought that like in this, I don't mean this to be like a dig on Bobby fish, but I've always seen Kyle O'Reilly being more like an Adam Cole level than a Bobby fish level. If that makes sense. Like I don't see Bobby fish as like a world champion level wrestler, but I see Kyle O'Reilly as that. And I obviously see Adam Cole as that. Um, so it's like, I want to see Kyle doing more single stuff. Um, so I think it's really interesting that he got into this tournament because I think he can really showcase what he can do. And Adam Cole also uh, made reference to the fact that someone from the Undisputed Elite is going to win the the tournament. It's like Now it looks like Kyle is going to be that guy who's going to try to make that run for their team. So uh, so I, 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 I like the match and I like the finish and everything. And it just seemed like the crowd was a little confused by it and maybe not not into it as much as you would you would hope. But... It's also two guys, like you said, they don't wrestle singles matches that often. So the whole thing, the whole thing seems a little strange to do. But also, one thing you need to check out because I don't know if you've watched back any of the show yet from from last night. I haven't. Okay, there were at one point Excalibur does this ad read for like all the upcoming stuff, and he is. I've never heard anything like this. This guy must have plugged. 20 matches in the span of like a minute i mean it was just like him just rattling stuff off and like during it is when the cash and dax uh matchup was like one of like the 20 things he said super super fast and everyone was like wait what was that we did a show ftrs wrestling each other that's like when the internet blew up there was like tell me i just like and we're gonna talk about that as one of the aw spotlights but you got just for the sake of um you you will appreciate this as somebody who broadcasts themselves this ad read was was fantastic like it's i i rarely ever point something like that out but uh people in the chat uh put a one in the chat if you caught caught this it was like a minute long and it was just like he plugged everything so fast like i've never really heard something like that before when they run through like those matches they put the graphics up and then you know excalibur just has to go through like okay here's every here's all these matches coming up on dynamite and rampage and stuff he does these ad reads like very very quickly but it sounds like his pause driver finish says i mean super speed lyrics uh it sounds like this was even on another level from his usual level so i will i'll check that out yeah it was awesome we 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 miss obviously commentary stuff we miss the uh the backstage promo with undisputed elite like we missed that whole thing. I, I have no idea what was said during that with Cole, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Okay, so part of it was what I was just saying with like that they they uh unless that was Cole's because I know Cole had the promo also when they announced the New Japan AEW show. But Cole at one point mentions like someone from the Undisputed Elite is going to run the table and win the Owen uh Owen tournament. Also, he was talking about um 
basically he was just making it really clear that like he was the leader of like this this faction it, basically what it's alluding to to me regardless of the stuff he was saying is like it's very clear that when kenny comes back like he is going to be going directly after adam cole and, and like the young bucks and red dragon and stuff are gonna be having to pick sides like the the young bucks are clearly not as into this undisputed elite thing as adam cole and red dragon is so right um and then he like left them alone to like go make the announcement about the new japan AEW stuff yeah so. we, we got that like that that portion came across loud and clear but the the cole thing didn't uh i don't remember what that was um what that followed i think it was maybe the guevara segment but regardless whatever that segment followed it it just we just kept hearing the music like that's all we kept hearing in the arena was just the music of whatever segment had had just happened um i actually it probably wasn't because the guevara thing was later in the show get whatever it was all we heard was music the entire time um cody says he was at the show too had a ton of fun sing spots made me pop like it was 10 again fortunately i was burned out by rampage i got the feeling i don't know how the, the it's going to come across on television i don't think any of this is is a spoiler like people kind of know what the the show is uh but cargill and shafir headlines rampage and there there ain't much reaction to this match uh, and I don't think again. I everyone knows this match is happening. You're posit- you're putting Marina Shafir in this spot where not a lot of people know her. She has not been really built up. That dynamite squash match last week wasn't all that great. And yeah, it, it's a long show. Everybody had just seen, you know, Eddie Kingston wrestle, Adam Cole take on Ishii, Danielson, Moxley, Punk, fucking Suzuki was on Dark Elevation. Like awesome. we we kind of seen everybody by this point, and then you're bringing out Marina Shafir, Britt Baker. Britt Baker got a huge pop being in Pittsburgh, and then the Steelers coming out, and then you're bringing out Marina Shafir to to kind of close the show. It went about how you would expect it to go in that instance. Yeah, I I will definitely be watching on Friday to see to see how that goes. Everyone, uh, everyone, and they might pipe in crowd noise, and if they do, then fine. Again, I think WWE does it in a way that it is very noticeable, and yes. that's where I don't, uh, I don't always like it with WWE. But I'm sure AEW does it, and I get it. It's not, it's fine. Um, well, I was gonna say something about uh rampage and i completely lost track that's probably not good i maybe it wasn't even rampage maybe it was dynamite but i've i've lost where i was going with everything yeah i i heard excalibur did a girls gone wild documentary promo during the brit match which uh certainly well well it was a tv good. it was a tv pro it wasn't like a uh it was like they were showing the graphic for like this documentary that's like starting on on I think on gotcha. TNT, it wasn't like him like comparing something to Girls Gone Wild or something like that. It was like an actual ad read like for the network for some show that they're airing. Gotcha, Eric. Eric's in the chat. I met him uh, last night. Yeah, everyone was dead tired by the time Jade had her match, and it's not even like being tired by that point. It's this is your closing segment after everything. Like I thought Eddie and Garcia was going to headline rampage because that the there was you know some finish uh being in doubt there like jade and marina you kind of know who's winning this match again this this ain't sure. a spoiler alert like 
you kind of know when this match is announced, you kind of know who's winning this match where Eddie and Garcia, it's like, Oh, this could kind of go either way. So I thought Eddie and Garcia were going to uh, be, be the main event. So when that, that was the co-main. And then when um, Jade and Marina where it was the main event, it was like, Oh, we've kind of like seen everything we want to see. Here's this match where Jade's a big star, but here's, here's this match that, you know, we kind of know the the finish too and everything. Here's this person who we don't know a ton about. The reaction again is gonna be what it's uh what it's going to be, honestly. Yeah, Virgil was he was hanging out at concessions. So Cody, we were probably in like the same area. Um, because it was right by the, the the concession and the uh uh 122 is where I ended up sitting. But yeah, there was people in line, like, is that Virgil? Like I'm pretty sure he was just talking to some cops and stuff, just chilling, but Virgil was just there. Hanging out, yeah. Sultan Jones, AW legend. You gotta, you gotta be careful though when you're Ron Virgil because he'll just start signing stuff and invoicing you for it, like without you even asking. <laughs> so just beware. Like he's one of the he's one of the funniest cases of like wrestlers like at a at signings and stuff ever. Obviously, everyone knows the Lonely Virgil stuff, which by the way that was started by Sam Roberts. Like he was the one who created LonelyVirgil.com back in the day. Like I remember that. Um, but. Virgil, it's so funny because like people will feel bad because like no one will be at his lines, and then like you'll go up to him and he'll just start signing all your stuff, and then just being like, "All right, that's gonna be twenty, that's gonna be 40 and It's like I didn't even ask. Like I didn't. Even ask I was not. I was. I was not about to say anything. I was not about to be like, "I'm the man who wrote the oral history of Soul Train Jones." You probably. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Do you remember this interview with Sean Ross Sapp that he's called the worst interview ever in his whole career? I'm like, huh? Um, mm. Yeah, I was. I, it was just surprising to like see him there just hanging out. I was in good condition. You know, he's got the, the health issues and stuff. So it was good to at least see him out and, uh, you know, out and about and hanging out at, at AEW. Sure. So good on him. Uh, Tim last asked, what's our opinion? And typically we don't talk about dynamite in this level, uh, but because I was there, yeah, got, sure. I don't really have scoops, but I do. I, I hung out with Luther for like an hour and a half after the show. Luther, this, this madman, all over the place here but this madman so we're we're trying to meet up with him after the show and he's like i'm gonna do a workout uh but yeah we'll, we'll hang out for a little bit um by the way congratulations to luther who got married the, uh, over the weekend yeah. but he's like i'm gonna do a workout i was like okay well, well we'll stop by and just come see you for a little bit and we'll, we'll catch up and everything and then we talked for like two hours and then at 2 a.m he's like well i still got a workout to do i was like what what huh like you're still going to do your workout and we had a two hour drive ahead of us. So I was like, all right, like have fun with that. But this man, I assume still did his workout. He's in great shape. The the goat Luther, uh, he's dieting. He's, he's working out all the time. He's on the Jericho program, which you've seen Jericho, how he's kind of transformed himself. So Luther's on now. So there's a scoop for everybody. Uh, Luther, just, that's a great guy. The Luther, just a very friendly guy. Yeah, that rules. That's, that's, that's great to know. And it's, it's cool that he spent so much time with you and then still went to the gym. So good for good for that guy. I mean, if he's doing the same thing Jericho is like, even the Jericho haters out there got to give Jericho credit for the shape that he's gotten himself into recently. So like, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of those wrestlers that want to lose some weight or get in better shape, especially at older ages, going to look, look to him. Cause I, I remember for years he was just doing DDP yoga, or at least that's what he was saying. He was like yeah. only doing that for a long time. Um, and then of course you put on a lot of that weight, but that was mainly, I think when he went to new Japan, they just never kind of like took it back off. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So yeah, good, good for Luther. And yes, he, he does seem like a good guy. I don't know him to the level you do, but he is, uh, 
always like liking and like promoting i guess like stuff to fight for and stuff like that i'm always seeing him like hitting the hitting the, the heart on tweets and whatnot like seems like a good dude so. very very friendly guy it, when people watch um serpentico against lance archer on rampage please keep a ear out for my cornering of serpentico i tried to give him advice from the crowd i don't know if he if he took it but i i was very loud in yelling advice to serpentico and maybe that it comes across on television but i'm not i'm not sure uh and somebody asked uh let me let me pull this up uh tim last says what are you guys opinions on tate martin being in these meaningless six and, and ten man tags you can put literally anyone in those spots his brother is even part of the match which is odd hurt again i don't know if darius is hurt again it was very odd uh so like they go to commercial break and then all of a sudden here's brock anderson lee moriarty and dante martin getting ready for a six-man tag no they didn't get like any type of entrance music or anything like that they were just shuttled out there and they were in the ring i was excited because i was like oh shit we're gonna get a blackpool combat club six man i get to see brian danielson wrestle i'm very happy about this that was like selfishly that's all i cared about that i did say i i sat next to uh jared bailey a friend of the show uh i sat next to him and i did i did i was talking to him i was like it's kind of weird to have like moriarty and dante in this spot and even brock anderson like like in this spot so it was it was very odd that they were part of the part of this and in this position. I don't quite get it. Like they really could have put anybody in this spot. You can say like it's a showcase for these guys, but like Dante has had like a singles run. He did like he, his showcase was that uh, that 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 match with the Bucks and Omega. Lee has wrestled CM Punk. Like Brock Anderson, sure. Like it's a it's a decent showcase for him, but it's questionable use of like Dante and Lee right now. And I'm not a big fan of it. I agree. Um, but I do think it's possible that there will be some sort of callback to this at some point. Cause I can see Moriarty <clears throat> being a part I of did, the group. I did say that to Jared. I was like, yeah, Moriarty. Cause he was like, Oh, Dante could be part of the group. It's like, yeah, it seems like he's doing like tag team stuff, but Moriarty sort of fits uh, possibly what they want to do. So I agree. Moriarty could be part of that. I, but I, I don't know if I would have done this, though. I really don't. I think Dante is the most head-scratching about it just because of the, the push and run he has had as a singles guy. Like, they could have really done anyone else. I Like I said, with Moriarty, if this eventually leads to him being a part of the group and this is something they can reference is like, you know, because AW is so good about, like, long-term stories and callbacks and stuff. Like, they could come back to something like this maybe a little bit i I'm, I'm stretching a little bit here but like that's i i do see moriarty being a part of the group at some point like he would be a perfect fit um so i'm just kind of kind of you know trying to put those two things together there but we have um dante i feel like dante is too and this by the way i'm a huge fan of moriarty and i like what i've seen of brock anderson but like perception wise in aew dante is at a higher level perception wise because of all the things he has accomplished as a singles guy um Lee has been used mainly on like dynamite and rampage and stuff as like, he doesn't, he doesn't win too often, but the fans are like, they are starting to get behind him and he's getting reps in. Um, And Anderson is just like a long, a long term play out type situation where like, he's we'll, we'll see over time how good he gets, but luckily for him, like he has a good look and the comparisons with his dad and all that stuff. So there are guys, there are three guys who have a lot of potential. So I, I could definitely see why 
it would have made more sense just to pick like three random people to do this, this type of match, especially because it wasn't even so much of a showcase. Like they didn't do a, it's not like the other guys got that much in. I mean, this was, this was more of a showcase of the Blackpool combat club, like yeah. those three guys, you know? So I, I, I understand uh, fans being a little bit disappointed about uh, who they chose to be in that. I also, like you said, that's uh it is a little interesting about um, Darius Martin. Like, is he, like why is why haven't we seen him for a second already again like and why would they split the two of them up to have dante do this if they could just have them doing tag matches right now and stuff so it there there is a lot of questions surrounding this so i and i understand uh i understand why people are asking those questions all right let's get into our actual spotlights and we'll keep it at aew and still dynamite related the huge announcement, Tony Khan's tremendous, unique, mon- monumental announcement. AW New Japan Forbidden Door. It is happening. The joint show between the two companies. It's going down June 26 in Chicago. Uh, it was it was pretty much leaked this week that, that it was going to happen. I don't have an issue with that. I am personally very excited for this. I think I'm going to try to make this trip, especially if All Out's not going to be in Chicago because we wanted to make all out kind of a annual thing. But if that's not going to be in Chicago and this is going to be the big Chicago event, cool. I'll make, I'll make this the trip for this. Um, look, it's great to see this when AW first started, they had the ties with new Japan. A lot of the AW talent went to, or not a lot, but like Moxley and Jericho were the, the two biggest names. They went to new Japan and did their bit major shows. It wasn't until the pandemic that New Japan talent, starting with Kenta, I believe, started coming and being on AEW television. Now, I mean, fuck, Suzuki's wrestling Dark. Ishii is wrestling uh, Cole on, on Rampage. It seems like every single week there's a New Japan talent on AEW television. Now they're going to do this joint show, Jensen. It's been rumored for a while. Fans have wanted it since AEW and New Japan have uh, really since AEW formed and took uh, a lot of top acts from New Japan. What are your thoughts on this? And I guess my biggest question is, what do you see headlining this event? Those are all good questions. So we also got to mention, of course, and this ties in with what you just, which your question is, you know, Jay White made the announcement. We've been seeing him pop up everywhere. He's been kind of the key to the Forbidden Door, in my opinion, because of all the different companies he's popped up in. Um, I think that as far as the main event, that's that's so tough because there's so many good options, but if Kenny is ready in time, I want to see Kenny and Jay White. Cause like they've teased it for a while. Like Jay White is obviously a part of the undisputed elite. Kenny's going to be having issues with that group. I think from the day he comes back, like he's going to come back as a baby face, I think. And he'll, they'll eventually do Adam Cole and Kenny Omega, but that's going to be more of like an AEW pay-per-view main event level type storyline. I think if, I think if this new Japan and AEW show, like is AEW versus, New Japan, which is what I'm assuming they're going to do, like just company versus company for every match, which is interesting because they're kind of doing that with Capital Collision next month for New Japan. Like they've got yeah. Kingston versus Ishii and Mox versus Tanahashi. So like we're getting a lot of this crossover right now, which is awesome. But my guess, we, there's a lot of options. I want to get your your picks, then we can rifle through some more kind of dream matches for this. But I'll go with uh, I'll go with Kenny Omega versus Jay White. What about you? I would imagine. Kenny is going to be back for this show. Um, I don't know what his timeline is. I know he's had like a lot of different surgeries and I don't think he's going to like rush himself back based on the last year he had. But my thought process is that Kenny is going to be back in some capacity 
for this show. Uh, it doesn't feel, it honestly doesn't feel right if you do this show without Kenny Omega. Uh, yeah. I And then my other thought is, how is this going to be presented? Is it going to be dream matches, which is fine. And it's just like, hey, people want to see these guys wrestle. That's what we're going to do. Or are there going to be storylines at play with this? The fact that Jay White is like, oh, it's about Bullet Club and Undisputed Elite makes me believe there's going to be storylines at play, at least in that aspect. And that's where I think that it could be a uh, Kenny Omega, Jay White scenario. I don't know if that headlines, though. Um, but I do think it's possible we get that match. I think a lot of people are going to point to Omega and Ibushi being some type of match, whether it's teaming, maybe they team against Jay White and Adam Cole. Like maybe that's that's the route that you go on that. And that could be like storyline and sort of dream match type of thing. Uh, my kind of headlining match, I, I, I assume it was Dave who reported this, was uh, that Okada might not be able to, to work this show. Uh, if somebody in the chat has who actually said this, please, please help me out on that. Um, I just saw the headline. I should have read the article. That's on me. Um, but I'm going to look, Dave, Dave's been wrong about stuff before. He said Okada was going to be part of AEW at some point and work an AEW match last year. That obviously never happened. So I'm going to assume everybody's at play here and that I, everybody is available. I'm headlining this show. With, I don't think you can do Punk and Okada because I think Punk's going to be the champion by this point. I think he beats Hangman at double or nothing. Chicago United Center, CM Punk's got to have a pretty big spot on this card. I don't think you can do Punk and Okada because I don't know if you do champion versus champion, who's going to win. Like that, that's when politics and stuff come into play. And I don't know how much they, they want to get into that. I'm headlining this card Punk and Danielson, Okada Tanahashi. That's what I'm headlining with. Yeah, I mean, that's massive. And with it being in Chicago, like, I mean, if they did Punk in Okada, that would be insanely massive in title versus title. But the politics is what I think you're worried about with, with like, booking certain certain stuff. Because, like, th that's, what, that's what's going to be the most interesting thing about this show. Like, in hindsight, after it happens, is, like, how much politics was involved to, like... I'm just hoping that we don't get a scenario where there's like not a bunch of clean finishes and stuff because like New Japan's got to protect their guys and AW's got to protect their guys and like like I'm just hoping we get just like straight up matches, winners and losers. Like I think we um, will. I really do yeah. think we will because I mean we've seen depending on the matchup like Suzuki's lost plenty on AEW yeah. television. Ishii, uh, you know he's 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 about to wrestle. Um, and he's, he, they won that tag match. I think when, when Ishii did the, did the tag match, but it, it, Suzuki has lost it. They have no problem like losing, uh, to these guys and, and, you know, putting, putting guys over depending on who it is. I tip of the top of the card is where I'm kind of worried about, of I don't know if you can do champion versus champion, even if you're not unifying the titles or anything, Punk and Okada, who wins, who loses that. That's why I think it's just easier to do a tag match. You don't have to pin either champion. You can you can pin Tanahashi. His spot's protected. He's fine losing to CM Punk, I'm sure. Danielson, he definitely don't give a shit if he loses. He's like, sure, you want me to lose to Hiroshi Tanahashi? I'm sure Danielson has no problem with anything like that. That's why I think you're probably better off doing something like that than, hey, champion versus champion. 
type of deal because that's when it can be a little bit muddy of who's going to win and where the politics come into play. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that all makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and then other stuff, you know, I'm thinking, and it's going to involve a lot of the same people, but like Hangman, whether he's a champion or not, I'd like to see Hangman and Ibushi. Um, I'd like to see Hangman and Jay White again. I remember that match from uh, that was a New Japan show in the U.S. years back, and I remember that being one of the one of the matches where I really started seeing Hangman is like hitting the next level. Um, I remember at the time I was writing for Fan Sided, and I remember writing like a whole article about like Hangman Page is going to be like this major main event world champion. Like I'd never saw it before this, but like after this match with Jay White, like I'm seeing it now, kind of stuff. And like, um, so I'd like to see them run it back. Um, but there, yeah, there's so many good options. Tag team matches, like I mean, FTR versus God or something like that. I mean, like there's so many. Young Bucks are gonna you know gonna be involved. Red Dragon will probably be involved. Like there's there's so many good options, but as far as like main event, I think you, like I said, it's either going to be <clears throat> with it being in Chicago, it would make sense for CM Punk to be in the main event, but at the same time, like he doesn't necessarily have to be the main event. He could, could be the co-main. The people are already there. I think that Kenny Omega should probably be in the main event if this is like his first pay-per-view back. But I, uh, the good thing is these are all good options. Like I'm not going to be upset with any, any of these scenarios. Like, and I'm just happy that this company is doing, or that the two companies are doing this show. Like this is what the fan base wants, and they're getting it done. I mean, this is we should all be very happy as fans, as, as wrestling fans, that like we're getting a show like this in 2022. And you know, when AEW first started, it seemed possible, but it was a very much a one way relationship. And the fact that they're now going to come together and, and do this show, it's great. It, it's it's great for the hardcore fans. We're going to see some. Even if we don't get the one-on-one dream matches that maybe we were hoping for, I think we're going to see some dream interactions that that we that we've longed hoped for. So I love it. Uh, I think New Japan it makes New Japan feel hotter, so it lifts their business as well. It AEW is in a a sort of a weird position. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but because they do this kind of stuff, it can muddy their own television and they have so many people they already need to focus on that bringing in like new japan people and stuff it it doesn't get confusing because we know who the new japan people are but i can see how a the casual viewer could be like okay who's this new japan guy what are they doing are they going to come back and everything where is you know where where's where is dante martin i've i've invested in him why is he now wrestling in this random six-man match like why do i care that adam cole is going to wrestle ishii like i'm invested in dante martin so i can see where it can muddy things a little bit like there like that but if you're a hardcore fan and you just love great matches and you just want to see the best guys wrestle the best guys that's what you're getting with with this show sure And, and to be completely honest like and i don't mean for this to sound like being a jerk or anything but i i don't personally care at all about the perception of the casual viewer because like that isn't me like i i just want i want as a wrestling fan i want Steven Jensen I want says, to watch. fuck the casual fan that's what we have learned here today well my thing is like if you're diving into something you don't know a whole lot about you're going to be a casual viewer if you keep if you stick with it you'll eventually become like a uh a hardcore fan or more of a fan or whatever it is like i'm not that concerned about people that like I've only watched wrestling for a few weeks or a few months as much as i'm concerned about people that have watched it for you know 
decades like we have you know what i mean like there's plenty of other companies like if you want to be a casual viewer and jump in for your first time watching wrestling go watch wwe raw because they will recap the show before it starts they'll give you video packages between everything you can jump into any of those shows because they're constantly re-explaining what's happening on the show because they're treating it like it's the first time you've ever watched it um when you watch AEW, you need to come in with the mindset of like you might not get everything and that's okay like if you don't get cm punk's throwback entrance and, and theme song at the last pay-per-view that's not like like i loved it we all the other fans like me loved it like if you didn't get it sorry like keep watching the show and like the next time something cool happens that's a callback to something when you started watching wrestling it'll be you know five years from now ten years from now stuff that you just started watching you'll be in that same position you know like it's a uh, you know like i don't have anything against the casual audience like i want everyone to watch wrestling and enjoy it but it's like i'm not concerned when i watch AEW tv i'm not concerned about like do the fans know this person or not when like nick gage shows up and like half the fans are like who is this oh, i don't know who this is i'm like it's nick gage oh my god let's go mdk so it's like i'm having a i'm having a blast i don't really care if you don't get it or not you know what i mean like um so that's just uh that's just my own personal opinion um you know, and I see a lot of casual fans get really upset about AEW. And I think that's the reason is because they don't watch it that often. So they get really confused and they, their, their own wrestling fandom starts coming into question in their own mind. And they're like, if I don't understand it, then it isn't good. Like, no, if you don't understand it, it's just because you don't watch this that often. Like, it's very simple. So. Say Steven Jensen, say, fuck the casual fan. I won't say that because I don't, because <laughs> I don't really believe that. But I, but I am saying like, why, like, why should I care about really at, at, at the end of the day why should i care about anyone else's opinion on pro wrestling but my own like when it comes to like me being a fan that's fair i i <laughs> like, completely agree with that you see all these you know a lot of people like to take Meltzer's word as as ratings as gospel and booker t's got an opinion about everything's like i don't care what he rates this match did i enjoy it sure i don't care what booker t thinks about exactly. this thing just because he was in the business so i completely agree with you on that my argument with the the casual fan is I think there's a big difference between CM Punk doing an Easter egg uh, gear, throwback, ROH gear, and, hey, here's Jay White wrestling, who you don't really know, and where has Dante Martin been? Why is he in this random six-man tag team match? I think there is a difference there because you're asking people to invest in these pe in certain people on your television that fans have been watching, and then as you try to get invested in them uh, – they, they bring in somebody who you might not know, and then maybe you got to learn the history. And look, that's on you to learn the history. I do think AEW does a good job, especially as Caliber, of explaining like, hey, here's this person. Here's why you should be invested in them. Here's why they're important to all of this. But I can understand why somebody who has just only watched AEW is like, I don't care about Ishii. Where is Lee Moriarty who had this great match with CM Punk? Why is he now in this random six-man team? Where is this? I mean, Brock, not Brock Anderson. Uh, Arn Anderson has said as much about investing in that. Where is FTR this week? They're going to be on the show next week, which is great. Where's Thunder Rosa this week? I can see that bit. Where's Ruby Soho been? I can see where that can be like an issue of like, oh, this person is coming in and bumping down other people on the card that maybe you have gotten invested in through AEW television. But sure. also, fuck the casual fan. <laughs> there you go. No, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I just, just it just isn't it just isn't a concern of mine like for me personally um you know in all honesty the only issue the only concern i have about casual viewership whatsoever is just making sure enough people are watching the show so the show doesn't go off there 
that's honestly all I care about. Yeah, like, and I think at this point that it's pretty secure. Exactly. Um, exactly. Which which is great, and you know that's what what matters. I never get caught up in ratings and anything like that. If they're going up, great. It seems like it's at one point, but the year to year seems to be good, which is the the main thing. As long as these shows and these companies ain't going out of business, then I don't care how many people are, are really watching. Look, Impact's been around for, for 5 million years. It's going to outlive all of us. Uh, and it's always just going to do the same 100,000. And that's fine. As long as it does go out of business, as long as people got places to work and we got stuff to talk about, fantastic. Exactly. Uh, speaking of Dax and Cash, who were not on the show last night, but your spotlight this week is that they're going to wrestle each other in the Owen Hart tournament next week. I assume you've seen the speculation on this, Steven Jensen. Yes, I have. And I saw this this chat. I got to point this out real quick. I got to pull this up on the screen. I don't care about <laughs> anyone else. Steven Selfish Jensen. Yeah, selfish. I'll tell, I'll tell you about selfish. There's, there's literally like a thousand wrestling companies anyone can watch right now. Like if you don't like what a company is doing, go watch another company. I mean, it's so easy. Um, but uh, yeah, the FTR wrestling each other is my, uh, is my spotlight for AEW this week, which... Like I said, when Excalibur was like just going, plugging just like 20 matches at a minute at super high speed in very, very impressive fashion, the whole internet all collectively at one time, it was like, um, what was the movie? What was it called? Was it the interview where it was like Seth Rogen and like Eminem? Yeah, and Eminem like comes out as gay, but like does it as he's like he's like yeah. listing a bunch of stuff, and they're all yeah. like, "Wait a second, did he just did he just come out on our show?" Like they're all like <laughs> like like because he said it so casually, like while he was saying all this other stuff, it was like that because it was like, "Wait, did they just say that FTR is wrestling each other?" Wait, wait a second, wait, <laughs> wait, we we can't just glance right past that. Um, and uh, they made a couple more references to it. Uh, you know, throughout Dynamite before the end of the show, but I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is a this is a match that I don't think we've ever seen before. I can't remember ever seeing these two guys wrestle each other, and the fact I that they're such, seen. yeah, and the fact that they're they're such huge Bret Hart fans, and obviously this tournament means a lot to them with it being Owen and everything. Like this is, it kind of makes perfect sense for them to finally have this one on one match to you know for this tournament and. I mean, I think most people are expecting Dax to win. At least I am, because that's who has shined more as a singles guy. But I'm not counting out Cash either. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really don't know what to expect out of this. But I think these guys have probably saved a lot of stuff for this exact moment, where they're like, if we ever wrestle each other, we have all these, all these cool ideas for for when we finally do it. And I'm really, really looking forward to to them having a match, and hopefully they give it time. I want to see a good like 15 minute match between these two and see what they can do against each other. I think it's gonna be awesome. I imagine they they will get time. Most of, like Jungle Boy and Kyle O'Reilly got time last night, and the squash own heart cup tournament matches have been you know they've they've been squashes. But I mean, I feel like Baker and uh, the Van got plenty of time last night, probably more time than, than should have. Um, and look, that's not to say women's wrestling shouldn't have more time; they should just have more matches. But we knew that match was kind of never in doubt of who was winning, and it probably did not need to go as long as it did, especially Daniel Kamea did not look too great in that match uh, for being honest about things. Um, yeah. They're going to be watching own versus Brett tapes all week. Probably true. The speculation around this match is a Bret Hart appearance that he comes out at the end. 
he does the the Davy Owen. Why are you guys wrestling each other? They're trying to pitch you against each other. A little bit different because I don't think Dax and Cash are actually like against each other. This seems more of like a match about respect than I'm fed up with this person. But Brett can twist it into a different way. But it is the Brett and yeah, the uh, Ten Count Wrestling says it reminds me of Bulldog and Owen. That's sort of what it is. And people think Brett is going to show up. Are you one of those people who think we get a Bret Hart appearance and this is how he aligns with FTR? I think it makes all the sense in the world. And I also think that isn't a coincidence that CM Punk wore uh, pink and black last night either. Yeah. Like, I think that's where they're heading eventually is like a group where Bret Hart's like kind of like the lead, like the manager of, of the group. And I think we're going to get FTR and Punk like with him. I'm for it. I'm for FTR and Punk. I mean, they they clearly like working with each other. They all love Brett. And if you get Bret Hart there, it's going to be a tremendous pop. I will be bold. Then I will say Bret Hart will appear on Dynamite next week. And I'm strongly where are that's the thing. Eighth shock are Brett and Martha on speaking terms. It doesn't seem so based on kind of recent comments when uh, this, the own heart cup uh, foundation and AEW uh, first partnered. It didn't seem like they were on the greatest of terms. So that is the concern is does she want Brett involved in this capacity? Does Brett want to be involved in this capacity? I would think for Owen, they would just come to some type of mutual thing and they, they, they'll work it out. They'll figure it out. It's not like Martha's at any of the shows, you know, she's going to be a double or nothing to present the, the winners with the cup and everything, but she, she's not coming to these shows every week or anything. I would hope that they, they figured it out for, for the sake of Owen. But that is the big sort of uh, cloud over this is how do they feel about each other and would they want to work together in this uh, capacity? Yeah, um, that that's that's the big question. Because well, I also saw something really interesting about, um, like David Vixen's fan was tweeting about it like just yesterday, I want to say. And he brought up some points that I think need to be made. Like, in, in the way that he put it, I don't know if I can, I, I shouldn't say, I, don't, I definitely don't disagree with what he was saying, but it's something where like the way he worded it, I wasn't, he basically said like nobody in WWE is holding the rights to Owen Hart hostage, um, which I think is true, but like it's true and it isn't. It depends on kind of how you look at it, but like Martha, that's the key to all of this, right? Like for what, what they can, can't do, but like WWE can do this without her permission. Like they can put out as much Owen Hart stuff as they want to, because I think they still, own the rights to like all of his like i think most of his pre-wwe stuff all of his wwe stuff like they could put him in the video games they could put him in the hall of fame they could do all these things they just don't want the backlash from martha because martha will you know probably attempt to like sue the company and stuff over it and you know um and once again i'm not saying like who's right or wrong i mean i obviously side with martha in most of these scenarios like i i can't imagine what she went through when when owen you know, past and, and especially the way the WWE treated it, where they had her like, do like that live interview, which like has aged really poorly. If you watch it now, like seeing them make, make her do that interview on screen and stuff right after. So like, I, I get where she's coming from. Um, but then she also had a falling out with the Hart family as well. So it's like, I don't, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to have a real opinion on it because like, I can't put myself in her shoes. And I also, like you, you would, you would, you would think and hope that Brett would have 
as much of the say as she did. I mean, it was they were brothers, like you know what I mean. Like Brett, I feel like Brett should his wishes should should matter a lot too. Like if Brett wants Owen in the WWE Hall of Fame, for instance, like I think that that matters to me just as much as Martha wanting him not in. You know what I mean? So it's but that's just me as a fan from the outside looking in. I don't know, I don't know the intricacies of like their family's relationship and stuff like that. So it's just hard. It's 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 just it's a really sad difficult spot for everybody to be in but um i think it would be great if brett and martha were on good terms and obviously jericho and martha are to some degree because i think he facilitated most of this uh, after they did dark side of the ring and stuff so like um you know also by the way he's the one who put out the hand to to david benoit too i mean when like everyone he's like persona non grata in wrestling because of being chris's son and like jericho went out there and like you know he's doing stuff behind the scenes that people don't give enough appreciation to i think and i think that this owen hart tournament has a lot to do with him mending a lot of bridges with with martha and the wrestling you know business in, in general so but yeah i guess the, the, the short of it would be i really hope that martha and brett are on good terms and that martha and brett are both at this thing together and they can just kind of move forward together as being a part of AEW and kind of just like if they want if they don't want to have, have anything to do with the wwe and vince mcmahon jr because of what happened with owen they don't have to anymore because like now there is a place in, in AEW that they, they can do the things that they want to do to preserve his legacy. So we'll just, we'll just kind of, we'll just see how it all kind of unfolds, you know, throughout this tournament and stuff. I, I think it, if Brett shows up, I hope that whatever heat is between them can just subside for, for the sake of Owen and this tournament and and his legacy because i think wrestling fans want brett in AEW with ftr and potentially cm punk obviously wrestling fans want this owen hart tournament and they they love honoring his legacy in this way and i mean that's that's what you got to put aside for the the actual fans of wrestling as long as it's not doing anything bad to owen which i think they all want to honor owen in in the right way so whatever it is i hope they they can work it out to where this happens. And look, if Brett doesn't show up on AEW television, I'm not gonna be like, well, the Martha is clearly keeping him out either. Right. Maybe it's just a we thing don't know. Yeah. it didn't work out. Yeah. So we don't need to, to get that started started either. Just do do whatever they feel is best for Owen. If they're on opposite sides of what they feel is best for Owen, that sucks. But that is, you know, that's that's a brother, that that's a, a husband. So however they, they want to proceed with that is, is their own business, not for me to really speculate or comment on, honestly. Exactly. But also, I do want to just throw out, like, you know, Bret Hart, people forget, he was the one that introduced the AW World Championship title belt and everything. Like, I mean, this is someone who clearly is on some sort of good terms with the company. So, like, you would you would think there really wouldn't be any hurdles. But once again, we don't, for all we know, Brett just doesn't want to be involved. Like, if he doesn't show up, it could be completely because he's just happy being at home with I mean, his wife. Vince is like, here you go. Here's $5 million. So <laughs> right. don't don't show up over there. Come to Saudi and just wave to the crowd. Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, after all these comments from wrestlers like CM Punk and stuff about, like, specifically about that, like, Bret Hart, that should be Bret Hart's money. And that's true to a lot of it. I mean, I don't think that like any of these wrestlers necessarily should have to like go out of pocket and like give Bret Hart their money. But like, I would have no problem with WWE giving him a big check and being like, you never got to see this kind of Saudi money that we get to see. And you deserve, you deserve some, some of this, you know? Um, but yeah, we there. It's, uh, it's all just a lot of speculation. Brett's going to, 
that Vince is going to boot Goldberg out of the Hall of Fame just to ensure <laughs> Brett is on his side. He's like, what do you want, Brett? And Brett's going to be like, get Goldberg the fuck out of this Hall of Fame. Do you know how many people Goldberg injured? I never injured anybody in my career. Brooklyn Brawler, Barry Horowitz, they never in- injured anybody. Goldberg, he injured everybody. Okay? He injured everybody. Get him out of the Hall of Fame. Vince like, sure. Get, get Goldberg out of the Hall of Fame. Brett can come to his spot. Yes, I am in the AEW video game. So is Cody and so is uh, Jared Bailey. We're all in the video game. We have, we're all elite. We have verbal contracts with Tony Khan. So technically, I don't think I'm getting paid. I got to see where my check is from Tony. He's, he's late <laughs> yeah, this same. week on my cash. Um, but yeah, Dax and Cash should be a great match. We will see if Bret Hart shows up. I was Googling to see how long the drive is because I would like to see Bret Hart uh, make his appearance. It's six hours. I don't know if I could pull a six-hour drive on a potential Bret Hart appearance. If this was a guaranteed Bret Hart appearance, I'd probably, probably do it. Uh, but a potential one, drive six hours, not show up, uh, that would be uh, be a lot. It'd be a lot to go through for a non-Bret Hart appearance. But the girlfriend was like, we got to go to AEW next week. She's like, I'm going to be so pissed if we're here this week and then Brett's there next week. She's she's probably going to fight Tony on the spot. Like, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? And she's like, how far is it? I'm like, I don't know. I'll check. And so six hours. Uh, that'd be a tough to pull. Let's move to, to WWE. Jensen, my spotlight this week is Edge and his judgment with Damian Priest. Did you watch this promo from Raw where he is sitting on his throne and basically cutting a spooky you people promo? And... It, you know, I had to beg for a WrestleMania match. How people have forgotten what I have done the past two years, everything I've done for them. He's turning off, flickering the lights on on AJ. This is awful. Just awful, awful stuff. I hate to feel like I'm just bearing Edge all the time on this show. I'm sorry you didn't choose me as your opponent, Edge. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry that didn't happen. I like the idea of Edge leading a stable. I like anything that's going to get Damian Priest more time. You know, Fightful reported that Rhea Ripley and Tomasho Champa could could be part of this stable. That would be a great like that. That's a cool stable. I like all of this stuff. This stuff is not for me, and I don't know who it is actually for. Yeah, Edge responded to to, to Brody King. In, in this in this little promo, Brody King was like, oh, like it's this wish version. And it is like, oh, it's just jokes. I said that I don't like House of Black stuff is for me. Not I don't think I know. Like the House of Black stuff is, isn't for me. So this stuff definitely isn't for me. I think Edge can be doing better work. I'm sure this is his idea. This is what he wants to do. I think he can do the same stable. I don't need this fucking spooky nonsense and flickering the lights on and off on AJ and let's dim the lights and do purple lights and let me sit on the throne while I also talk about and try to use big words and everything. I don't like it. Knock it off, Edge. Yeah. Um so I did watch the promo um based on your recommendation. So I did not watch Raw, but I did watch this promo. I think it's the only thing I saw on Raw outside of like just seeing that Cody and Owens was a count out. I saw that. Um Okay, so uh, another big part of this promo that you, that you left out is him explaining that the reason Damian Priest is aligned with him is basically because like he should have gotten more uh, love for the Bad Bunny match, like sure. like that like his like that was his thing. He was like, "You don't even talk about how fantastic 
Damian Priest was in that bad bunny match. And then he couldn't even get a match on WrestleMania this year. And it's like, okay, is that why he's wearing cat eyes right now? Like, I don't know what's going on. See, like, like this is, I'm fine with the like basis of Edge's argument here, but I don't need this spooky goth shit. Knock that off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tweeted something the other week when I saw the the contacts they were wearing. It, it looks like an always sunny, the, the nightman cometh, where uh, <laughs> Max wearing the cat eyes. And they're going for gasps. Like, they want gasps from the crowd, but everyone's laughing. Like, that's kind of how this feels. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly. And also, Edge was talking about, like, this side of me has been suppressed ever since. You know, but it's, remember me back in the brood, and it's like, yeah, I do because I'm in my 30s, but like the, the eight-year-olds watching the show don't. He's He's been wanting to do this really since SummerSlam when he did the, the brood bath on Rollins and then he did the brood entrance at SummerSlam. He's been wanting to do this brood goth shit ever since then. And he did the, the brood bath again against The Miz. Did they do the brood entrance at Mania? Uh, or not Mania, uh, at Rumble, him and Beth? Like... I, I can't recall, but um, I know he did it that one pay per view. He like, did it before the Alter Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was cool. He, that was yeah, cool. he did it at SummerSlam. Uh, he's been wanting to do this Brood Goth stuff. It's like, look, I like the Brood. It was cool. I think we we fantasize uh, or romanticize the Brood and like how big they actually were as like an act. Like, it was cool, but Edge and Christian got over like being edge and christian and then edge got more over being like rated r superstar kind of stuff like the brood stuff was like just a cool act during the attitude era and during that time like everything was kind of a cool act during the attitude era um but yeah i think fans kind of romanticize the brood a little bit more than what they sort of actually meant in the wrestling world and just leave leave this goth shit out of my wrestling all right i don't want any of it when it's like, and if you're gonna do this, like, where's Gangrel? Like, at least have him show up and do something that has to do with it. I feel this. like he's gonna appear at some point. He, he has really to. Great. I mean, he's still out there wrestling on the indies. It's not like this guy like is unavailable. Like he's totally I don't know there was this the rumor that he was supposed to pop up on AEW like around the time that Edge started like redoing this gimmick and they yeah. wound up not they wound up scrapping as they didn't want it to look too much like they were just like kind of copying each other. But uh I mean, yeah, and it's and they can't even do the bloodbaths anymore. They only have to call them a brood bath, right? And it's like black and not red, which it just, I'm not, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Let me put it this way. When Edge returned to wrestling a couple of years ago, after taking like almost a decade off, this is definitely not what I was expecting to see. So. <laughs> uh, his, his run has been, it's been something. I like the Seth stuff. I thought the Seth stuff was very good. I thought the AJ stuff could have been good until it's dove into this nonsense. Um, the Orton, like the Orton match was the the best mat wrestling match ever. Was fine. The Roman stuff was. It, that's when he became a little bitch, and that's when I, I stopped like kind of caring about Edge. And then he didn't answer my open challenge, so he became a bigger bitch. Uh, yeah. He ducked you, man. He ducked you big time for WrestleMania. Out of, out, of, out of end his career. Like, that's why he chose AJ. He, AJ wasn't going to end his career. I was going to end his career, kicking him in the head, breaking his neck again. It's been it's been a run. That, that's the best. I was never the biggest edge guy in the first place. So 
I probably wasn't as hyped as most people were about it. It's this stuff. Just it's not for me. All right. It's just it's not for me. None of this spooky stuff in any company is for me unless you're Lucha Underground and you can like get away with it because that is like sort of your universe. That that makes it a little bit more acceptable for me. Every other company that tries to do this, not my cup of tea. And Edge trying to do this and everything. I I think it'll be like a stable of Edge, Tommaso Ciampa, Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest sounds very cool to me. Doing this kind of stuff is stuff I'm probably not going to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going to they'll probably change their names too. Like maybe Rhea Ripley will stay cuz like she's been using that for as long as she has like on Raw. Um but maybe they'll just change it to They're all going to they're all going to shorten their names. So we got Edge yeah. Damian Priest is just gonna become Priest. Uh, yeah. Ripley should become like just Rip would be funny. the Rip. Yeah, I think the Booker rip. T calls her uh, Rip the Rip <laughs> Ripper. Ripley's gonna become Ripper, and Champa is going to be Executioner. All right, he's gonna be Tommy. Nah, he's, not, he's gonna champ. go. He's gonna full. He's gonna go full. He's gonna be executioner because they keep talking about like judge, jury. Like you gotta pre. Like mm. he's gonna be executioner. All right. Okay. That's, they can that's repurpose. They can repurpose uh, uh, carrying Cross's suit to oh, Tommaso Champa because they didn't oh, get to boy. use that a whole lot. So chomps. Cody says chomps. Chomps. That's chomps right. and a ripper. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. This definitely isn't for me either. Um. AJ, well, boy, does he deserve better. That guy's still performing at like an insanely high level. I, I still that love mania, AJ Styles. That Mania match wasn't good either. Just no, to... I know, but that's not on AJ. Like, no, yeah. no, it's Edge. Edge wanted to do his Triple H tribute, and yeah. that's that's what happened. I love AJ. I I wish he would not have to go. Oh, what the lights? <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What just happened with the lights? I wish, wish he wouldn't have to do all that nonsense. <sighs> Jensen, your WWE spotlight this week. I'm trying to remember what I chose this week. <laughs> what did I choose this week? WWE unifying the tag team oh, titles. That's right. That's right. That's right, that's right. I, I'm now I'm thinking about uh, you know zombie battle royals and stuff because of like you know you know talking about Edge. That's right. WWE uh, tag team titles being unified. That that is what I chose this week. Um, so it's going to be RK Bro versus the Usos. That's going to be at WrestleMania Backlash. Obviously, I mean, it looks like they're going to unify all the titles, right? Like eventually, we're going to see the US and Intercontinental title get unified, and so on and so forth. I don't know. 
yeah, I don't think so. feel like they're going that way. I don't think the women's title is going to be unified either. This just feels like they did it for the the men's title, and now because the Usos have the tag titles and they're out of like tag teams, Roman's just like, hey, let's go and unify the tag team titles. And the Usos are like, ah, sure. This is what we're going to do. I don't feel like we're going to see full-on unification. Yeah, maybe. I feel like we will, though. I don't know. I, I I just feel like it's weird to like start unifying the men's titles and then not do it with the women's titles. Like this company I'm, doesn't know what they're doing. They're oh, I, I agree. Week to week, and it's like, what what can we throw in a pay per view that feels like it's going to sell some tickets? I mean, to be fair, I have no idea who the women's tag team champions are on the WWE. Well, actually, no, I do. No, no, it's a Sasha and Naomi, right? They just won it yes. at WrestleMania. Okay, so I did. I don't know who was who was before them, but I know it's them currently. It was um, Zelina and Carmella. Oh, there you Jensen. go. There you go. Um, but but anyway, I think the Usos versus RK Bro is going to be a really good match. Like I I am looking forward to it. Um, and I, my real question is who wins? Like, do you do the story where the Usos win this and like they like like Roman is even more proud of them and the bloodline is even stronger, or do they lose and like Roman like really starts? giving it to those dudes for being losers and not having titles because because he's upset that they only have one set of titles right now and he wants them to have he's not okay with them just being the champions they are like yes they have to be super champions double champions but if they can't accomplish that like is that the story we're heading to like that they can't get the job done so roman starts like really berating those guys or do they get the job done and also, is there going to ever be a split of RK Bro? Because I feel like people have been waiting for that since like the group formed, but now they just seem to just be just they're just a tag team now. Like I don't think people are really expecting them to like really turn anytime soon because they seem like they're actually just doing their thing as a tag team right now. I think the Usos win the titles and the bloodline becomes stronger. And my reasoning is we've kind of already seen like Roman against the Usos and getting agitated at the Usos, like he did the whole storyline with Jay. Jimmy came back, got involved. They tried to get him on side. Jimmy finally acknowledged Roman and everything. I don't need to see this story again of like, I'm disappointed in you guys. You guys let the family down. I got to feed everybody. Like you guys are riding off of me. I saw that. It was a year ago. They probably forgot that that happened, but I don't need to see that shit again. Okay. I like the the bloodline becoming stronger and becoming this faction of like, all right, who is going to just beat these guys? Because when you build up guys like this, when they eventually lose, if they eventually lose, it should mean something. I think it will with Roman. I don't know if it will with the Usos, but my point of all of this is it's going to spin into a Roman or in riddle type of feud because they don't care about wins and losses and stuff. So RK bro can lose the titles to the Usos, but then you can still do a Randy and Roman feud. You could still do a Randy or a riddle in Roman feud. And that is how you do that is I don't know who's challenging Roman at this point. I know people have said drew. It seems like he might be next in line. I feel like you've got to look because drew might be like SummerSlam or the UK show. It feels like you've got a little while until drew. You need stuff to fill until then. Everyone still loves Orton. Riddle's getting over because he's associated with Orton. Like, I think you're going to get uh, Roman, Randy. Because we haven't seen this version of Roman against this version of Randy. We haven't seen this version of Roman against this version of Riddle. I think that's where this is all heading. That's got to start. I assume with the Usos losing or, or winning these titles and becoming stronger. Because 
the best way to get a title shot is just to lose matches. I guess technically it could be RK Bro win, and then Roman's just like, fuck it, I'll do it myself, and he's just going to hold the the tag. Oh, I completely forgot about that Nakamura stuff. Well, after yeah. WrestleMania Backlash, is, is it does seem like Nakamura is going to wrestle Mania Backlash. After WrestleMania Backlash, though, they can spin off into that. Um, but I guess Roman should be like, oh, fuck it, I'll just beat both of you, and I'll have the, all the world titles and all the tag team titles. But I don't need Roman... I'm disappointed in you guys. You guys let me down nonsense again. Don't do that. Just don't. Yeah. Yeah. And and your timeline could still work because like the match between the Usos and RK Bro is happening at WrestleMania Backlash. And yeah. it would be Nakamura and Roman at WrestleMania Backlash. So like everything coming out of that could lead to exactly what you're saying, which I, I like the idea of all that, to be honest. I really want to see uh Riddle and in uh Roman one on one and like let let them have like some time and like let riddle like really try to get over as like a singles guy um and then you can always do roman and and uh orton i mean the star power is always going to be there with randy orton to to at least some degree with the wwe universe i mean he's 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 got enough credibility that he could always be in the world title mix or where really wherever um i like that idea so yeah i'm i'm leaning towards the usos as well just for what it's worth like i think the usos will will uh defeat rk bro and uh but i hadn't thought about that leading to riddle and orton getting in the world title mix with uh roman but i do like that idea a lot that you brought up 10 count wrestling says do roman riddle orton at money in the bank to set up the rk bro split i don't know if you're gonna set up the rk bro split but maybe it seems like they're both having fun with that it did seem like it was just gonna be it's gonna happen last year and then people are like oh well they're gonna hold it off to mania obviously still going but money in the bank is a stadium show in vegas so you need kind of a big match to sell that roman is probably going to be on top i don't know if you're bringing back anybody for that pay-per-view but people love orton and riddles getting over i think you can headline that with the the money in the bank matches and everything i'm sure rousey will be on the card and stuff so i think that is a, a fine headline for for money in the bank so that's Kind of what I would do if, if I had the, the pencil, which I don't, but I should. Uh, I would probably do a Roman and Randy program. Because I think a Roman and Randy program would be really fun. You know, Randy, legend killer. I mean, he hasn't done that in a while, but Roman's a legend right now. Like, he's he's peaking right now. And this run is, like, just peak wrestling world title run. So, Randy, hearkening back to legend killer days of, like, I'm going to end this tribal chief nonsense and, and bring that down. Riddle kind of playing second fiddle to all of that. I think there's a good story. Good story there. Do that story. Don't do Roman being disappointed in the Usos again. Uh, Ginger Day says, just want to say thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate the, the content and your time. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. And guys, you can leave a super chat or a humper chat. I should probably do a better job promoting that stuff. But get your question, comment, statement read on air, even though we read a lot of question, comments, and statements read on air, because we like to be interactive with you guys. We love the live chats, and uh, even though now the, I won't bury the chats anymore. We love the live chat. We love hearing what you guys have to say, talking talking to you guys, and uh, getting your opinions on stuff. But if you would like to support us, you can uh, leave us super chats and, and help our chats. Yes, and also shout out, uh, since we were just talking about RK Bro, cool t-shirt came out yesterday. <laughs> Did you yeah. get it? Steven no, Jensen? I, I didn't, but I did see Sean Ross Sapp's uh, article about, yeah. or his, uh, his news that we had, we had talked about that on here before a little bit. Um, but yeah, I see why he released that news yesterday about the WWE uh, no longer really drug testing people for THC, which, you know, that's 
full disclosure, I don't know why anybody tests for that anywhere anymore, you know, but <laughs> it just, but so, you know, the WWE doesn't, so that's, that's cool. Um, and then they released that, that shirt, that whole, uh, uh, RK bro 420. I just smoked your ass shirt, which is obviously a callback to Rob Van Dam's old, like ECW merch and stuff. So I, I thought it was cool that they put that out. And it's also interesting for a PG, let me put it this way. When a PG company like the WWE is putting out 420 t-shirts, nobody should care if people are out there smoking weed anymore. MVP, you know I mean? did you see the, the song MVP released asking government to legalize it and everything? MVP did a rap song it. that got released uh, yesterday. We used to have drug testing at Fightful, and then I came on board. And Sean's like, no, we can't do this anymore. We can't. We're going to lose Jeremy if we drug test. And then Jensen was around as well. Like, oh, shit, I'm going to lose. We'll lose all these guys if we start drug testing. So if you're wondering why we don't drug test at Fightful, it's me. Uh, I'm the reason we no longer have drug testing at Fightful. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, I had to partake in my side. This is how I stay awake for, for five hours. Uh, or not for five hours. This is how I, I don't stay awake. What am I trying to say? Not on anything right now. Uh, well, no sleep right now. Three hours of sleep and not enough coffee right now is what I'm on. Uh, but this is how I do stay awake for 24 hours. It's just uh, a lot of coffee. That's what it is. Coffee, everybody. Nothing else. But yes. Uh, where can you sign up to work for? You work for Fightful. JJ, you're head of PR. Yes, I ended drug testing just like Cody. That's why Fightful no longer has. There's a scoop for everybody. Fightful no longer has drug testing because of me. Let's move on to our other spotlight, Stephen Jensen. Yours this week was John Moxley against Will Ospreay from New Japan, Windy City Riot. We talked a little bit about the, the AEW-New Japan relationship um, earlier, and this, this goes to your point of like politics involved and stuff. Here's John Moxley beating Will Ospreay on a New Japan show. So I don't think these guys will have an issue losing a lot of this stuff as long as they have their great matches, which this was a fantastic match. Yeah, but they did still have a screwy finish that protects Osprey. So, like, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm worried about. Is like, I mean, so they had Moxley, and I always screw up the names of his finishers because they don't they don't always call them correctly on commentary, and it changes promotion to promotion. But I consider the paradigm shift to be um, the dirty deeds, like the double the double underhaul, uh, the, right. the double arm DDT. Like I consider that the paradigm shift, and I call it the Death Rider when he when the he lifting. picks them up. Yeah. Um, but people will like they commentary will call will call it all paradigm shift. Sometimes they won't mention Death Rider. So anyway, I call it the paradigm shift, the 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 regular version, then the Death Rider when he lifts them up. So he hits Osprey with the paradigm shift. He hits Osprey with the Death Rider. One, two, three. But Osprey had kicked out before three. The problem I really had with this was right afterwards, Moxley puts him in a rear naked choke and Osprey taps out anyway. So it, it just makes it look like no matter what, Mox was going to win this match. And like the referee screwing up, screwing up, wouldn't have even made any difference. That said, the match up to that point was fantastic. I mean, yeah. and it looks like they've left the meat on the bone and they've, they've, uh, they've even hinted after, and, and after the match, like uh, um, Moxley on the, on the microphone was even saying, Basically, they're alluding to this isn't the last time these guys are going to wrestle each other. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. Um, I know there could be potential hurdles for Osprey to be in AEW because I think otherwise, like, they would have already probably figured some way of getting him in because based on his in-ring talent, I mean, he's one of the best in-ring wrestlers in the world right now, in my opinion, probably top five of, like, anywhere in the world. 
Um, and him and Moxley tore the house down. Also, shout out to uh, to Suzuki and Ishii. They had a great match on that show as well. Um, so yeah, I wanted to highlight uh, just Windy City Riot in general. Let people know, you know, Fight TV. They got to get this on lockdown with their with their technical issues. Oh man. Like, it's every New Japan show. I don't know what it is, but like every single New Japan show, there's some type of issues. It's horrible. Yeah, it, it is. And it, it's happened with other companies too. Like, you know, GCW used to have a lot of these issues, but they haven't had nearly as many lately. So the more, you know, I don't know who to put the blame on, but I started feeling bad about this stuff. And I said this kind of directly to Fight TV recently as well. I was like, look, I recommend these shows to people on a lot of the, like platforms that i'm on and like there have been people who've hit me up and been like man i spent 20 bucks on this and like i can't even watch it and i'm like i know man like it's just i don't know what to say like i feel bad that i'm promoting it sometimes because people get frustrating they, they pay their money to watch it and then like you know they're like man i wouldn't have wasted 20 bucks now then again you know you can watch the replay and there isn't those issues because they fix them for the replay but a big reason why you want to pay to watch wrestling is to watch it live um so i needed to call out fight tv for that they're they're they need, they need to figure out the streaming stuff with new japan massively they need to figure out with a lot of their stuff but they they really need to figure it out for new japan um but the the matches themselves because here's another point with that too that i need to bring up carl fredericks he had that six-man match at the beginning of the show and like a lot of it kept cutting out and there was people that i knew that i had sold on like getting the show because i was like watched the interview me and Jeremy did with Carl Fredericks and they're like, I've become a fan of this guy and I want to watch him. And they bought the show and like half his match gets blacked out because of the technical issues. And it's like, so that, and that's another thing when you're, when you go on Twitter and more people are talking about technical issues than the matches, when the matches have guys like Osprey and Mox and Ishii and Suzuki and these kind of guys involved. And it's like more people are talking about the technical issues. That's a problem. And that isn't, and, that, and that's a justified uh great for the fans to have so anyways the rest of the actual show though as far as like the wrestlers involved in the matches i thought windy city riot was a really good show and uh i think people really need to go out of their way to see moxley and osprey i thought that's a match that that's a can't miss match in my opinion same with suzuki and ishii um watch those matches and i you know now they've they've once again left it to where there's a reason for Suzuki and Ishii to wrestle again. And there's a reason for Moxley and um, Osprey to wrestle again. And, you know, so, you know, as new Japan continues to kind of get hotter and hotter again with this crossover with AEW and, you know, kind of with the pandemic and everything kind of wrapping up, you know, it's like, there's, it's finally time. It feels like for new Japan to really get back to kind of where they were at with, with like fan perception and, the stuff that they've been doing outside of the technical issues, which once again, I'm going to blame more on fight TV, probably outside of the streaming issues, they've done a lot of good stuff that I think should interest a lot of people in getting back into new Japan. If they've kind of been out of it for a minute. I think this stuff with AEW has been great. Like it's been a big boost to new Japan. The stuff that's still going on in Japan doesn't always hit with me. Like they're, they're doing Okada and Naito again, which Great match and everything, but I, I can only see so much of Okada and Naito in, in this position. It does suck that like a lot of their talent is also in the United States, so they don't have their full uh, host of talent over there in Japan, and they're only going to use like they they obviously have plenty of faith in Okada. 
they have plenty of faith in Naito. Shingo stepped up. But then, like, after that, there is sort of a drop-off, especially with Ibushi being hurt right now. It's like, okay, well, who else do you trust in these spots? I'd like to see Hiromu elevated a little bit more in the uh, in, in the heavyweight division. Sonata's another guy that, like, got hurt, and so he's out. Like, it seemed like he was going to be elevated a little bit with the U.S. title. Tanahashi and Osprey, they're going to fight for the U.S. title. That'll be, that'll be a great match. Tanahashi, I never have a problem with. But, again, it's another way of, like, all right, Old reliable Tanahashi just kind of keep going to him. Uh, show is a guy that probably should have gotten a, a little bit more uh, once he turned. And now I don't know where things stand with him. The, the house of torture stuff just doesn't really hit with me. Anything evil does everybody turning on uh, God. I don't know if Tom and Tonga is at that level. They lost all of those like multi-man matches and stuff. Uh, a shock mentions Kushida. I mean, he left, uh, WWE. It seems like he's headed back to New Japan. That would be a big boost uh, for them, whether it's their junior division or if he does heavyweight stuff. That would be a big boost as well. They're not playing with a full roster in Japan right now, and that certainly hurts them. Um, and, and that that's that sucks. Like that that's, that's basically the, the easiest way to put it. It sucks that they're not playing a full roster in Japan, but it does take me out of some of the product that they they don't have their full complement of guys and they're not elevating always like the newer, the newer guys. They're just kind of relying on the people they've always relied on. I, I said it on this show, like I would have gone with, with Zack Sabre. I would have had him defeat Okada and it didn't happen. And now I don't know where they're going with Zack Sabre. So I, they have, they have talents over there. I don't always think it's a, the best booked stuff, uh, especially during like the pandemic era and everything what they're doing in america though thanks to the help of aew has been very good stuff like osprey moxley windy city riot was was a very good show outside of all the mired of, of, of technical issues we've got qt and the nightmare factory showing up uh on on new japan like that's cool stuff uh you you've got obviously got suzuki and ishii showing up that's very cool so i like what they're doing there i think aew will be a big boost for them moving forward, especially in America. And then when they can get their full complement to guys in New Japan, hopefully they ride that momentum and they get back to the levels they were at pre-pandemic and really pre-AEW when they lost uh, Kenny and the Bucks and and, and those guys. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm totally with you. And 10 Count Wrestling says, I was about to mention this, but a lot of people <clears throat> are hoping for Zach Sabre Jr. and Danielson. Like that would yeah. be, oof. Um yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that that definitely needs to be uh, highlighted as well that they aren't playing with a full roster, um, really either place. But they're they've been able to kind of like their their current shows in uh, in the states have really been helping carry carry them right now because once again, it's we're talking about guys like John Moxley and stuff being involved that like really Moxley helped. Kingston is on like strong shows. I I, I think Buddy Matthews yeah. is working. I know the show was taped a while ago, but when he's working, Swerve showed up as uh, the US of J open challenge thing. Speaking of Shota shooter, he's back. Yeah. Very hyped to see him, but see, he's, it seems like he's going to be in America. He could go over to Japan and probably be a, a pretty big player for them right now. After this excursion, the same way they brought Jay white in from excursion, they brought him back. Like he was immediately a big player doing the Tanahashi match and then going from there. Shota could probably be a big player for them, but he's in America right now. And I don't know when he is going to, to get back to Japan. 
I'm very interested to see New Japan once they have their full complement of guys back and now with a more forged relationship with AEW. It was great to see Moxley and Shooter back, the father-son that everyone loves. Yeah, I, I, I think it'd be cool if he earned his way into the combat club also, Shooter. Sweet, yeah. A-Shark like, just said it showed up for B- BCC. Oh, perfect timing. So, yeah, I uh, because I think something that could be cool about the, the BCC is that like they can kind of be a centralized group in AEW, but like Yuta can go do his thing as ROH pure champion in Ring of Honor. Shooter can be over in New Japan, like doing stuff over there. Moxley's in AEW, but he's also bounced around the Indies, GCW, that kind of stuff. Danielson, same type of thing. And I'm sure Danielson will want to get more and more involved with New Japan stuff with this relationship. So like it's, they can keep recruiting members after, you know, they, they earn their way in. And then um, they can kind of also do their own things in different companies, just representing the group all over the place. So I, I, uh, yeah, I definitely want to see that. Also another match that I didn't bring up that I really want to see new Japan and AEW just throwing it out there. Give me Ishii versus Miro. That's another oh, one. Yeah. yeah. That. Just <laughs> yeah. give me Miro back. I know he yeah. was dealing with the injury and then he was filming stuff. I want Miro back on television as soon as yes. possible. hundred percent. A lot of great, great options right now. So shout out to New Japan. Check out that Windy City Riot show. The technical issues I was talking about won't be there if you watch it now for the replay. Um, so yeah, check check the show out. It was it was really good, especially like I said, Suzuki and and Ishii was was great, and uh, Moxley and uh, Moxley and Osprey was fantastic. So yes, uh, my other spotlight. What is this show anymore without Impact Sock? It's upon us, Steven Jensen. Impact Rebellion on Saturday. Josh Alexander, Moose for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. I think we both agree that Josh Alexander should win this match. I think it'd be criminal if Josh Alexander does not win this match. But my question to you is, what have you thought of the build and have they done essentially the Bound for Glory screw job? Uh, have they done it justice in, in paying it off with how they've built this match and Josh Alexander's journey to, to getting revenge on Moose. Kind of. It's hard to, I, I, it's not that I dislike it. It's that when they put the title on Moose, the way that they did, the end game always had to be Josh Alexander beating him. So like kind of regardless of how they get there, the moment that everyone's waiting for is Alexander beating Moose. Now, that said, I mean, like Alexander's had to go through a lot of stuff and that's the reason they've done so much of this, right? Like him, you know, being out of contract and him, uh, you know, being out of, the, you know, the whole visa thing. And then like, you know, his, his family being involved and Moose making fun of all of this and just like, I, so it isn't that I thought the build was bad by any means. It's just like, at the end of the day, I don't even care what the build is as long as the match is good and Alexander wins the title. But I part of me is like, why do they do any? Like, I, I I really didn't like the way that they put the belt on Moose the way that they did. Um, you know, so like we're still kind of playing catch up on that because Alexander becoming the champion, like we already saw. Let me put let me put it this way: the build for Alexander to become the world champion when he did, like after holding the X Division title and having all those great matches and cashing in for Option C and winning the title the way that he did. I like that build way better than I like this build for just like Moose versus Alexander for Alexander to try to get the title back. Um, 
I think that Alexander could have just been the champion the entire time. Um, but, uh, but I also wanted Moose to win the title. Like I, I had said that for a long time too. It's just the way that they did it and they waited way too long as Impact normally does. And they're kind of proving the point again right now. Like they're waiting too long to do, to this, to do this for Josh Alexander. Like if if he wins and you know he might wind up having a great title reign, but do more. My my main question for, for Impact fans would be: Do you care more now about Alexander becoming the champion than you did when he won the title the night he lost it to Moose? Like, and if your answer there is no, or it's close, then there was really no need to do any of the moose stuff at all, you know? So like, that's kind of where I'm at with it is like, I, I, I think the story pretty obviously is, is that Josh Alexander wins the title for moose. And once again, if the match is good, that's really all I care about. Good match, right person winning and walking away with the title. But like, I like, I like the build of just being a great wrestler, defending the X Division title over and over and over again, cashing in and winning the title better than you beat me in front of my kids for this. And now I have to like go through all this other stuff that has nothing to do with wrestling to get back to the title that I lost in the screwy way to begin with. So how do you feel about I, it? I, I think that's a very good question to, to pose is, are you more excited for Josh Alexander winning the title this weekend, or were you more excited for him winning the title at Bound for Glory? Because, like you said, if it's less or equal, then it was it didn't it didn't accomplish the job. You should be wanting to see Alexander winning this belt, getting his revenge on Moose, and it, I feel like there's more of a dread that it took this long. Uh, of like, okay, th- that this is what we had to do to get Josh Alexander the the championship and everything. Like, why did we have to do this? Why couldn't he just beat Christian and that be that? And he gets his moment and we didn't need to do the Moose Angle because people were excited when he beat Christian and took the title. Like, people were very happy with that. And then Moose got it. People were mad and it, they weren't, it wasn't total heat on Moose. It was heat on the company because we know who's making decisions. Time in wrestling has just changed. Yeah. We've, we've discussed this. Um, and now we're getting to this point. And yeah, is Josh Alexander a bigger baby face? Is this going to be a bigger moment for him than just beating Christian? And I'm not sure it is. And I think the fact that it doesn't feel as big as the Christian match makes me believe that it wasn't totally worth it jj says uh josh getting his revenge is what's getting me into the match and i think that is really the driving point more than the title at this point and i kind of think that sucks because the driving point was the title at first and everybody looking forward to josh's first title reign and then it ended in, in seconds and now people just care more about like the revenge on moose kind of thing and i think that's overshadowing josh being the champion and to me, I'm more excited about Josh being the champion than Josh getting revenge on on Moose because I, based on Josh Alexander's character, I don't care as much about him getting revenge for his family when he is, when he's just a great wrestler and that's how he's been sort of presented. I don't think, by the way, I don't think Impact has done a bad job with this story. I think Moose has played his role well. I think they've explained Alexander's position well, especially like leaving the company. He's done well on like social media where it's like, oh, back to like working a regular job now. Like I think they've done a very good job of presenting him as this family man. This stuff just ain't really my cup of tea when it comes to like getting family involved 
and, and things like that. It's a little bit different from Becky and Bianca to me, JJ, because the title was still the thing about that. Like she took the title from that, that and, and Bianca, like she took the title in 30 seconds or whatever it was. And that's what Bianca was working back towards of, Oh, I need to beat her. I'm going to become the champion, get the revenge on her. Like I need to prove that I'm the best, that that was a fluke. Like she caught me off guard type of thing. This is very much like family, personal. I need to beat Moose because not because he took my title, but because he wronged my family. Like that's what it's become with Moose. And that stuff just doesn't strike a chord with me as much as just like championships and stuff. And I don't think they've done it in the wrong way. It's just not totally my presentation of wrestling. See, and I, yeah, I, I completely agree with all of that. Like with uh, like if like JJ, for instance, like that's, that's great. Like if that's, if that has made you more invested than in like, this has worked for you, like storyline wise. And like, you are more interested in seeing him get revenge than in the titles, almost kind of secondary to that. That's totally fine. Like that's, I'm just glad you're invested in, in the match, how, whichever way you got invested, like that's, that's great. Um, but I am more along the lines of what you're saying, Jeremy, where it's like, I'm more concerned about or interested. It's probably a better word about Josh Alexander as the champion, like in seeing a title run from him. Like, I want to see like, does, does, does this get him more involved with like AEW? Like if they, if they have more of a forbidden door, thing again going forward like does this get josh alexander's name more out there in the wrestling world as the impact champion does he get to have you know bangers against guys that i've wanted to see in that mix like trey miguel and austin aries or sorry, austin aries he's sorry ace austin um uh willie mack chris bay like are we gonna see like those guys wrestling josh alexander for the world title like that's what i'm interested in like i want to see josh alexander as a fighting world champion because he's so damn good in between the ropes, like in the wrestling ring, that is Josh Alexander's bread and butter. Um, I'm not nearly as interested uh, or concerned about his, his wrestling character as I am that he's just a great professional wrestler. And part of that too, is just his look, the guy's wearing headgear. He's, he's, he's an athlete, you know, we're seeing an athlete. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, I I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I don't care nearly as much as he's getting revenge on Moose as I care about, like, what does he do as the world champion? Because Moose being the champion, I think Moose looks the part, but the matches and stuff just haven't been, like, when you go from, like, Kenny Omega to, like, Christian Cage to Moose, like, there's been a definite stylistic... He hasn't had the best challengers. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to throw this completely and, Right, no, that, that, that's that's very fair. I mean, and that's but and that's the thing because of the challengers, especially the style of match, like Josh Alexander can have just a way more kind of diverse like uh, type of match with so many different type of wrestlers. Like, he can wrestle all those X Division guys. He can wrestle all those heavyweight level guys. He can wrestle uh, women. I mean, like him and Jordan Grace for the world title, I think would be like really good. Like, like, whereas like Jordan Grace and Moose is just a harder sell, I think, to like the fan base, for instance. Like, so I think uh, for a lot of reasons. So I, I think that, you know, I think I just want to see Josh Alexander get that title and then see what he does with it as champion. Because I think he could be a great fighting world champion. Um, and then. When, there's such a trickle down with that because if, if Alexander has a good run of like six months plus, let's say with, with that title, 
and they can build some credible people around him, like the guys I keep talking about, like Ace Austin and like Chris Bay and like those kind of dudes, then maybe that's how some of these guys really finally get over in the main event scene. Maybe it's going to take Josh Alexander being the world champion, having the matches Josh Alexander can have to, to get these other guys to that level of perception with impact management to, to, to go all the way with other guys too. Cause Alexander is also one of those guys we got to remember. He didn't seem to be figured into really many plans when Ethan page left. That's, that's what we thought. It was like, Ethan page is leaving. Like the North isn't a team anymore. Well, Ethan page is going to go off and be a star. Cause we all know he, he's just, I mean, look at the dude and listen to him talk and watch him in the ring. You know, Ethan page is going to be just fine. What's going to happen to Josh Alexander. And now he's been built to the level where the fan base, like it is they're allowed about like we want Josh Alexander as our champion. So he has done a great job since that tag team broke up to get to the point where he's at now. And him as champion, I think, just makes it way more likely that other people can elevate to that level with him with that belt. So um and but here's the thing if Moose retains, then this all gets thrown for a loop because then it's like, what are we doing now? You know, because that's if, also if, possible. If Moose retains, we're never talking about impact again. All right, all right, JJ. <laughs> like, we're cutting off all impact coverage from from this show because I ain't dealing with that company if they can't make one of the easiest booking decisions in history. And they've fucked up a lot of booking decisions over the years. This one is right in front of them, very easy to do. If if Moose retains and they fuck this one up, they don't deserve our coverage. They don't. They don't deserve our words, our time, our effort, Steven Jensen. All right. Fair. Write it down. Write it down, JJ. If, if, if Moose retains, no more impact talk on this show. And if you argue with me on this, I'll ban you from this show. You cannot argue with me that, that Moose should win this match or that impact should not be banned if Moose wins this match. It'd be horrible. You cannot defend that decision, JJ. You can't. Thoughts on Slammiversary being in Nashville? I don't know. I might go, but I also might go to SummerSlam. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm on the fence about all of that. Like, because Nashville is only like three hours from me. So, and obviously I used to live there. So like, I, I'm interested. I, I'm interested in SummerSlam if they do Cody versus Roman. Like if that match gets announced, I'll probably go. Um, there's a, there's always an outside chance of me going to, to, uh, Nashville for impact shows. And I, I like that they go there because they have a really good home base there in Nashville. Like there, there is a impact fan base in that city and it's way less risky than them going to some like untested city that like they don't usually go to and potentially not having a big turnout or something like they, they, they know to expect at least a decent turnout in Nashville. So I think it all right. makes sense. Uh, Indie spotlight Jensen, yours is GCW and IWTV reaching a settlement on their lawsuit uh so this lawsuit let me let me kind of catch everybody up real quickly it happened in june of last year i believe and it seemed like that gcw was supposed to have a certain number of shows air on iwtv and it, it just never happened so so here's well, Waldron. Well, so it was so it was the issue is the exclusivity so right the, so gcw was already airing new shows on IWTV and then they started airing shows without IWTV's permission to other platforms. And that's what right. caused this ball for me. Okay. So there you go. Jensen explained it better than I did. Um, but yeah, and then there was a, a lawsuit filed uh, by IWTV and then GCW filed in August of last year to dismiss 
the lawsuit. And then now they have reached a settlement on everything. We don't know how much money was exchanged with all of this, but where, where are you at uh, with this Jensen as a big fan of IWTV and GCW? Yeah. So I try not to talk about a lot of this as it was happening because I, I do have like a hand in both of these cookie jars, like IWTV use code fight talk. You know what I mean? I'm always talking about it. Like I I'm a, I'm a long time subscriber and have my own promo code with them. I'm, I very much support what IWTV does. I think I honestly believe that independent wrestling.tv is the best $10 a month you can spend on professional wrestling anywhere. Um, just my own personal opinion. They have like 7,000 shows available there for 10 bucks and they've run live shows pretty much every weekend and during the week now as well. I mean, it's, it's a great service. And I'm also a massive fan of Game Changer Wrestling. And they're probably my favorite company right now. Them and AEW are like the two that I look forward to the most uh, that run shows consistently. Um, and GCW has been cool as hell to me as well. I've got to go to some of their shows recently, interview their wrestlers. Like I, I love Game Changer Wrestling. So I, I love IWTV. I love GCW. So I definitely... I've heard stuff behind the scenes a little bit as well, because I have a lot of friends, especially on the IWTV side, that are a bit more in the know than, like, that'll kind of tell me things here and there. And I have a few, you know, wrestling friends, you know, for GCW and stuff. So I've I've heard behind the scenes stuff on both sides a little bit throughout this last year too. And in all honesty, I'm just happy it's over with, because at the end of the day, what's going to wind up happening is, IWTV is going to get the next eight, or I don't know about the next eight, but over the next year, they're going to get eight GCW shows on IWTV. Um, IWTV was trying to sue them for $500,000, I mean, half a million, which, you know, that was a big point of contention as well, obviously, was like in there. And they even incorporated that into a GCW storyline at one, at one point with Smart Mark Sterling threatening to sue gcw for half a million when cardona lost and all this stuff like that was all iwtv shade so like these companies like it's it's been one of these things where i was just hoping there would be a resolution eventually and i think it's the best resolution possible if i'm being honest because now as a fan i don't know about for iwtv and i don't don't know about for gcw i don't know who feels like they won in, in these scenarios or if it was just a collective win or a collective loss as a wrestling fan i love this for a few reasons one IWTV is $10 a month. That's less expensive than me having to spend 10 to $20 multiple times a month for GCW on Fight TV. Now, that doesn't mean they won't stop airing those shows on other platforms too, but I know at least eight times in the next year, it's only going to be 10 bucks for me to watch GCW for the month, which as, as a price point, I like that better. Um, I, 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 liked, I liked the whole partnership between these two before things went south. I, I love that I could just turn on IWTV and the GCW shows were there. And I know part of this also had to do with not only exclusivity, but also the, um, the royalties, like law, like, like the in perpetuity. And I think it's been worked out to where IWTV gets these eight shows, but they don't own them forever. I think GCW owns their own footage, but they have to air a certain amount on IWTV. I could be a little off here and there with some of this stuff, but like, that's generally the, kind of the overview that I would kind of put out there uh, for those of you who have followed this or that are just now hearing about it. The main points, once again, they've settled somehow out of, out of court or whatever. They have settled this together. There is going to be eight IWTV GCW shows 
over the next year. But I think GCW can still air other places. It isn't completely exclusive to IWTV. There just has to be eight for the next year on IWTV. Um, and I don't know if that ends after that eight. That's something I would like to know. Is like it does say it does say exclusive. So it says IWTV has agreed to accept a series of eight GCW live events, which will be shown exclusively on IWTV as well as distributed on DVD and BR via Smartmark Video. So it does seem like those eight shows are exclusive to IWTV. But, but, but I guess I maybe didn't word that the best. What I meant was like there's those eight, but like they're not going to just run eight. Like they're like like yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like it'll. I doubt the next eight shows will be on IWTV. It'll be like a show on IWTV, then probably something on like Fight, YouTube, yada yada. Then like, but but eight of the next shows for the next year have to be on IWTV. Yes, yeah. It says a it's a series of eight GCW live events. So whatever that that eight might be, um, we we shall see. I guess. Yeah. And once again, I've got friends on both sides of this. And here's the thing. The wrestlers, I'm glad this is over for the wrestlers because I know that there were some wrestlers that were like having to deal with some some kind of BS politics every now and then where it's like, you know, they have to make that decision. Like, am I going to wrestle for this indie company that's going to go on IWTV when like I'm so closely linked to GCW and they're in this fight right now and stuff like there. It caused some issues for the talent, I believe. It not 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 everybody, but I know that there were some talents out there that like they didn't feel totally comfortable one way or the other sometimes. Cause they're like, you know, they're friends with people on both sides and they don't want to burn any bridges either. So like, I'm just glad it's over with. And then after this year, I guess what I was saying was like, I don't know after that, what happens? Like, is it just this, once they do these eight, then like their deal is just up. And now IWTV has nothing to do with GCW going forward or does this have some sort of option or some sort of extended period where, this is going to go on for years. Like the next few years, we get eight a year, but I don't think we have those answers yet, but uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for next is after this year is IWT. And but, by the way, we have a whole year for them to mend fences too. Maybe they yeah. start putting these shows on IWTV. Things are going awesome between both sides. And they just keep it rolling. Um, and that's what I hope happens. Cause once again, my perfect scenario would honestly be everything airing for GCW on IWTV. I'd, I'd much prefer that than having to buy uh, individual shows off of fight. Um, and then also YouTube is free, which that, that was a big, that was one of the big things I remember was when they did the fight forever, 24 hour show for free on YouTube. And IWTV was like, this was all supposed to be on our platform. And that was like a big part of where a lot of the, the lawsuit money and, and all that stuff kind of like came from, I remember was, was them running all those shows in one day on YouTube. So I'm glad it, it all got settled and it seems like both sides are happy with whatever settlement is reached. Um, I don't know the, the sort of behind the scenes stuff of you, you mentioned like people were you know worried about picking a side and, and things like that. So I'm glad that that doesn't have to be an issue anymore. I hope things continue to, to work out for, for both, for both platforms. Um, Regardless, without GCW, IWTV was doing fine and putting on great content, having great shows. And without IWTV, GCW was thriving on on Fight TV. So now they're going to come together for at least these eight shows. We will see what happens after that. Nobody needs to spend money on this stuff anymore either. Like in IWTV, put that in their statement. Like instead of spending money on all these legal fees and stuff, spend your money on better stuff like the wrestlers. Pay the wrestlers instead of paying a bunch of work exactly so like you said like i've said i'm just glad it's over with and 
I'm I am going to continue to be a fan of independent wrestling.tv. I'll continue to be a fan of game changer wrestling. And I hope that they can work together more going forward. Cause it makes it better for me as a fan when, when they're working together. So my indie spotlight this week is from wrestling revolvers swerves house. And it is swerve Strickland against Athena, formerly Ember moon Jensen. I absolutely love this match. One. I don't know why it didn't headline. And then once I saw the closing angle, I was like, okay, I guess I see why it didn't headline. It still should have headlined. Uh, but we've seen Ember moon in, in WWE and, now, unfortunately, she she had some injuries that kind of probably didn't allow her to uh, reach her full potential in that company. And then booking probably just didn't allow her to reach full potential in that company. We have seen Swerve now in AEW, and I think everyone knows kind of what a what kind of big star he can be and how good he is as a wrestler. Watching this match, two people who are very clearly very good friends, um, and then just going out there and really like selling for each other really putting putting their bodies on each on the line for each other uh ember having a, a bigger base to to work off like like swerve i don't know your thoughts on intergender wrestling we don't have to like fully get into that because mm-hmm. i feel like it could be a loaded topic but we've, when we've you see it done before okay we have we have you're right uh when you see it done like this and when you see two people that are just going out there and just having a, a great wrestling match and really showcasing each other to the best of their abilities uh like, I, I loved it. The closing stretch was great. If you've not seen this match, seek it out. That's it. Yeah. Seek yeah. out this match. Yeah, we, I thought it was really good as well. Um, and as far as intergender wrestling, I, I am for intergender wrestling, but I also understand, like, I understand the people, I understand both sides of it. I'll put it that way. Um, like, and I think that it's just done better in certain companies than others. Like Impact Wrestling, we've talked about it before, where I think, you know, Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo, um, Masha Slamovich, like those kind of women, I think should be involved in like the X Division title and the World title and stuff because they're they're so good that like they can wrestle anybody. Um, but in like the WWE, like who knows what that looks like? I, I don't know. I'm not saying the women are less capable; they're actually the the best women's roster in the world collectively in that company. But uh, fan perception, I don't I don't know because I remember when they were they were leaning towards like Nia Jax potentially. I know I know she went to the Men's Royal Rumble and then she had that thing with with uh, Moxley very briefly. And it seemed like the fan base really hated that idea. So like, so it just kind of, but as, as a fan, especially because I watch so much independent wrestling, I see so much intergender wrestling that I'm just really, really, really used to it. Like, um, like I see Ali catch and Billy Starks wrestle men way more often than I see them wrestle women. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just very, very used to it. Um, that said, this was one of the first times I've seen Ember moon do it. And I thought, I thought it was, really good like you said this was a really good match swerve is super over everywhere he's at um he was really over at terminus when i was there live uh, a few weeks or i guess a couple months ago um just the this is presence i mean he just he's just a star, he's a star. you know he's yeah star. yeah and i feel the same way about athena like i think that when she left the wwe i thought it was an absolute grand slam no-brainer that she'd be going to AEW. like there's like there's no way she doesn't and i still think that she will um but it is kind of weird how long it's taking and i don't know if that's on her or the company or what but like um she would be on my short list of top available women's wrestlers that i would want on my roster if i had a company i mean she's she's fantastic and and i i love her uh her stunner off the top whatever she call it. i forget what she calls that um I think that's one of the coolest finishing moves in wrestling. Um, what did you call that? The, the eclipse? 
It used to be the Eclipse. I forget what she calls it now as as Athena. Yeah, Um, but I think that's a badass move. That's a move that, like, anytime I show that to somebody for the first time, they always, like, that's their takeaway. They're like, that move was awesome. Like, she's the first one I've ever seen do that. I'm like, yeah, that's, like, that's pretty cool. And you have a one move that's so good that, like, you can always be over it as long as you do this one move. And she has so much more than that. She's got a great look. She's got a great presence. She's very, very, very good in the ring. Um, And she was heavily underutilized in the WWE system. Like she should have been a main star for them for years. Um, so yeah, it is, let me put it this way. It wasn't surprising at all that Swerve and Athena had a great match. Um, especially on a show called Swerve's house. Like you'd imagine that Swerve would probably have a pretty, a pretty important showing on, on that show. Um, and yeah, people should seek it out. Um, it's, av- I know it's available on YouTube. I don't know if I should say that or not. Cause I don't know who uploaded it, but, um, <laughs> the, the show is available on fight. Uh, there you so go. Fight TV. Can, fight TV. Yeah, people can go to, to fight and, and catch the replay. Definitely don't go on YouTube and watch it for free, but it, it is, <laughs> it, it is available on fight TV. Yes. Uh, Athena is definitely somebody. And a shock says, maybe she's getting used to the grind before signing somewhere. She's kind of teased like a, a thing with Jade Cargill on Twitter. So that might, I feel like she ends up at AEW at some point. I don't know win but it feels like it likely she is there and i think she'll continue doing indies i think she just really likes doing indies and i think like she's she likes putting her body on the line in these type of matches like she likes kind of doing the the hardcore style matches she's not afraid to do to do that kind of stuff and really really sacrifice in in those types of matches so i think she will continue to do indies um I think she'll continue to do indies because of that. And AEW will obviously be like the, a place for her to, to still do those, do that kind of stuff. And I think she's ready for AEW. I will say like a knock on her. And I think she's even acknowledged this, um, a knock on her when it, when it came to WWE is the defining of her character. This is not completely on her. Like when she would show up, I was like, okay, well, who is Ember Moon? What, what is, what is she doing? And she was very all over the place. I'm not putting that fully on her at all. Um, but that that was probably what held her back is they just love characters. And if you're a great wrestler, it doesn't mean anything if you can't cut your, your silly, you know, five minute promo. Um, but she was still underutilized regardless. And that's not all on her to help her out play to her strengths and hide her weaknesses. That's something they have a lot of trouble doing. I'm happy to see her back on the independent scene and doing well and having fun and having killer matches like this with Swerve because he's like Swerve is Swerve is tremendous. And I hope he gets everything that is coming to him in, uh, in AEW and, and elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And it also, it showed a lot that like how, how much Swerve had to hit her with to keep her down. Like he did like yeah. all of it. He did the double stomp. He did the, uh, that kick that he does on the ground where he like lifts, he gets his leg way back. I can't remember what he calls it. I'm really bad with like some of the names of finishing moves, especially when they change names, like when people move companies and stuff. But like um, he did that, then he finished her with the, uh, I call it the Pentagon driver, but it's basically like that double underhook where they like, go like forward and do like the, the forward roll when you slam them into the ground. Right. Um, like that's like, it took all that to, to, to beat her too. So like it made Athena look really, really good. Also it was like, she really hung in there with Swerve <clears throat> as we would expect her to, you know, she's, she's great, but it wasn't even one of those things where it was just like Swerve hit her with her finisher at the end. It was like, it took like three of his different finishing moves to keep her down. And like, so I thought it made both of them look really good. And I obviously have no problem with Swerve winning the match because you know, like we've just said, Swerve is 
you know, and honestly, I wouldn't have minded if Athena won either because Athena is great as well. And um, I would also. Yeah, it, it, it was her show, yeah. But but and I, I don't think I don't think wins and losses like in this instance mean as much as not at all. Just you know, yeah. building towards title shots and stuff. People just want to see great matches, and in this case, that fully delivered. One hundred percent. That's that's exactly exactly true. So, um, so yeah, good stuff. I and I would I would recommend just for anyone who hears this that might be still a little uh, hesitant about like intergender wrestling and stuff to to give it a, give it a, a shot, especially with like wrestlers that you maybe already know that like you're already a big fan of seek out some of their stuff when they, when they do it against, you know, people of all genders, because it, uh, it, it could be eye opening. Cause for me, for instance, as somebody who, you know, watches a lot of mixed martial arts, like I, and this is a whole rabbit hole that I don't want to get into, but like, it is not the same thing to me to see somebody in like the UFC octagon, like a man fighting a woman in the UFC. It, 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 because I think no, that's what it, that's, but, but that's kind of what it gets compared to, I think is like, yeah, it's, like, that's you know, stupid. but it, but it isn't, it isn't like that. It isn't, um, there, there is, there is a difference there in, in, in what they're doing. And I, uh, and obviously the point in professional wrestling is, pro- is to protect yourself and your opponent. And, um, in the UFC, it's obvious or MMA in general, it's obviously to hurt the other person. And that's where this conversation gets, gets difficult to have because there's a lot of, thoughts about whether or not they should be able to do that and stuff. And, you know, we can have that conversation another day, but my point is in professional wrestling, it's completely safe. And I think that, uh, when done well, it can be really, really, really good. And it really helps get people over also. Like there have been some matches like, uh, like Ruby Soho's best match she's had since leaving WWE was against Josh Alexander. It, uh, yeah. At a well, what, I can't remember what company. Is it what you're wrestling? I think it was. I think so. Well, or Ruby was been... supposed to. Ruby was supposed to wrestle um, Swerve on this show, and then right. she she was replaced by uh, Athena. Right, and then that's and that's kind of my point is like, you know, for anybody who might be seeing Ruby Riot on W or on a AEW and maybe being like man, I still kind of feel like the verdict's kind of out on her. Or like, you know, I was hoping for bigger things for her, better matches or whatever. It's like. Whereas Josh Alexander was really damn good. You know what I mean? Like, and, but you'd have to go out of your way to find it. Um, I don't know if that was warrior wrestling or what that, that company that's like, I'm, I'm, it's on the tip of my tongue. It definitely starts with, it's a W W something now, but so many companies are anyways. The point is, you know, especially if you watch independent wrestling or you want to get into independent wrestling, expect to see a lot of, mixed sex intergender whatever you want to call it wrestling. it was aaw like, aaw thank you yes yes um so uh you are going to see a lot of that on the indies and once again it's helped for me it's helped tremendously with the progression of of women like ali cash and billy starks you know and, and a lot of women like that where i'm like you see them wrestling men so often you like you forget that you're even it becomes the idea of it being coming intergender is just becomes completely secondary because you're just you're just watching two great wrestlers wrestle each other. You're not even, you're not even thinking about that. Masha Slamovich looks like she can kick more ass than like a lot of the men that I see. You know what I mean? Like Masha Slamovich looks like she can kick anyone's ass. Like it doesn't matter what gender she is. Like I want to see her wrestle the most badass people she can wrestle. If that's going to be men, I want to see it. You know. So, um, and by the way, it wasn't always like this either. It took like a lot of me seeing this over and over to be like to really get into it. And I think. I think if uh, I, I don't want to say I was ever against it, but once again, I was coming from the MMA mindset of like, this is strange to like, no, this is totally different. So, you know, 
if 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 my mind can kind of be opened up to it, I think a lot of people's could if they if they, if they would just give it a chance. Guys, that's going to do it for our show today. Jensen, we had we had no creator spotlight. Uh, that's on me. I was kind of behind on everything. I've on both of us. Sick. Uh, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the bullet for that one. Uh, I, I've been sick, uh, and then I've just kind of been out of it. Next week, I hope to be full capacity uh, with everything and getting back into the swing of, of uh, more content creation and everything. So we'll be back on kind of a, a more normal normal operating basis next week. Go check out Sean's interview with Baron Black, though. Uh, he he spoke to Baron Black about uh, Battlestar Vendetta, which is coming up this weekend. Jensen, let the people know where you're at. I will be at. Battleslam Vendetta in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'll be there chilling, listening to Pastor Troy and watching some professional wrestling. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I'll be doing, uh, me and Baron set up a, an audio interview for the show too. And I'll probably talk to some other people while I'm there also. So uh, I'll be there live, Battleslam Vendetta. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area or at the show or whatever, like come come up and say, hey, hey I always love meeting people at shows. Um, and to, uh, Saturday, I'll be right here youtube.com slash fightful right after impact rebellion i'll be doing the post show review right after uh rebellion ends um and then tomorrow 10 a.m uh myself sp3 degrassi dudes uh someone says we missed the super chat jeremy get that real quick uh oh vance and- blade i'm sorry i'm, I'm sorry vance blade uh there we go are you guys gonna watch glory pro live on sunday 5 p.m central dan Housen's first match back and jake something versus Suzuki on the card i'm sure i'll check it at some point i don't know if i'll be watching it live yeah what platform is that going to be on because glory pro used to run a lot on iwtv and i think they've changed um but i I love glory pro i actually i used to make the five-hour drive from nashville to the st louis area for glory pro um i got to see guys like warhorse before his warhorse i got to see dan Housen before he was this version of dan Housen. i got to see dan the dad when he was the millennial danny adams i got I'm very familiar with Glory Pro Wrestling. Um, I, I'm a very big fan of KLD and uh, and Danny for taking it over when they did. And, and I know Danny's still running with that thing. So, uh, yeah. Oh, it's a streaming on it. YouTube. Hell yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. I don't know if I'll be able to catch it live or not, but I'll absolutely watch it. And I'll, uh, I will most likely talk about it on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, available every Sunday, FightfulSelect.com. There you go, everybody. Uh, are you guys on Twitch tonight? Yeah, good call. Uh, tonight, it's going to be, well, I'll be there gaming. Um, it'll be me playing Fortnite, the zero build mo- mode for Fortnite. So come check that out. That's going to be tonight, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Uh, Joel Pearl will be there too. He can't game with me tonight, but he's going to be on Skype with me. So we'll be you know, talking about whatever with the chat, talking wrestling. And I'm going to uh, try to get some W's in Fortnite tonight. There you go. Uh, everyone, go go over to Fightful Overbooked. We, we don't have Day After Dynamite uh, today. Something came up with Will, but that'll be back um, next week. But content just about every day on Fightful Overbooked. We're, we're kind of doing some different things with that, hopefully beginning next week and in the, the coming weeks. I'm very excited about sort of what uh, Joel Pearl and I have uh, talked about on uh, regarding Fightful Overbooked. So go over there, subscribe to the channel, leave a thumbs up on our videos, watch all the videos, please. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming as well. And we're going to try to put more into that. I'm going to get back into things next week, everybody. I appreciate all the love and the support for everybody. It's been a rough couple of weeks, but I'm doing better. And again, hopefully next week, be back in the swing of things. Guys, thank you again. We'll be back next week here at YouTube.com slash Fightful on the Spotlight. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.